uh, unless everybody's got one. This is a chart for the uh, uh, the graphical showing of the time element of the last week of Christ's life on earth here. Uh, crucifixion and resurrection of Christ. And then I've got my own little version. There's a bunch at the back. Um, I've got my own version. <laughs> Just a little bigger. My eyesight isn't as good as it used to be. But I'm going to put that over here just so that I can have it close by. Because the verses I'm going to use are from here. I was going to transfer some things onto laptop. And I thought, no, I'm just going to get in trouble if I do that. <laughs> I'm going to do it this way. Oops. That should hold it in place. And actually, if you have the 8.5 uh, by 11, oh, sorry, I'm talking loud enough at present, but let's get this microphone going. Did that do it? Yes. Okay, good, good. There we go. <laughs> um, if you have the 8.5 by 11 version of that chart, you can blow it up to 11 by 17. Then you'd have this kind of a deal. So it is possible to take it to a... a photocopy shop and have it blown up and then you could read it more easily. So last week I talked about some of this, so I want to be careful not to overlap too much, but I don't want to run too far into the Lord's Supper just yet. We want to touch there, we want to get there, but I've got another week at least, one more sermon. <laughs> so I should be able to expand that a bit more. But it's interesting what happens on this chart and Bible verses that are on here. Uh, the words are just human words. The Bible verses is where we need to go. This is the book, right? This is the one where we go to. So we're going to be looking at certain words and certain phrases that we're wanting to be sure that are there and have you hunt for them too, to look for them. Uh, look up those verses. There's a multitudes of Bible verses on there. Look them up and look up special words that are on there like the next day or the next morning. You know, we try to get these, these uh, uh, days of the week to come together for you. How many days before the Passover day did this start? And it says six days. Count them up. Then you realize, oh yeah, this is happening here. And then the next day, you know, and work your way through. The chart also shows night first and then day. Uh, it seems to confuse us because we got lights everywhere and uh, the clock runs midnight. You, you ten, your 24 hours goes midnight to midnight. Whoever invented half a night, then a full daylight, and then half a night. That's weird. Well, if you didn't have that and you were with candles, clocks were not even invented. The grandpa clocks and those kind of things, they weren't even invented yet. Sundials. Yeah, they had sundials. And they burn candles at night so that they could change shifts in so many hours. If you had a candle so-and-so diameter, such-and-such such a wick and such-and-such such a wax, and it would burn so much. So you could have two candles, three candles, four candles for the night, and they would burn a quarter of the way for an hour and a quarter of the way. Because the Bible talks about 24 hours in the day. 12 tribes of Israel, that's, that's easy to figure that you're going to use 12. 12 hours in the daylight, 12 hours in the night the 24 hours, and no matter where you live, east, west, north, south, 
between sundown to the next sundown is 24 hours. No modifications. I come from the north. <laughs> and I know that that sun doesn't go down the same time. But if you go from sundown to sundown, it's accurate. It's on there. So there's things there that we could catch from this that we want to be able to find out when these things were happening, what day it was, how many days between here and here. When did Jesus um, get t captured? Uh, what happened during that 24 hours? What happened to the next day? And then we want to come up with three days and three nights. Jesus gave a prophecy that it was going to be three days and three nights, like Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly. He was going to be in the grave three days and three nights. If that prophecy doesn't come through, you got the wrong Messiah. Whoa. Right? It has to work. Jesus was a prophet. He said it. So uh, besides other things, he was the Messiah. <laughs> he was the Savior, Son of God. Uh, but uh, it would sure ruin things if you can't get to 24 hours. And some are 72 hours, actually. Some people say the three days and three nights, you can count uh, you know, a teeny bit off of that day over there and a teeny bit off of this day in here and have this day in between. And you can count that as 72 hours or three days and three nights. Uh, that's not logical. That doesn't make sense. We need to see the three days and three nights. And uh, the uh, uh, things that happened during those days and, and why those days were important and, and when the uh, count starts, of course, the three days and three nights would count when he was pushed into the grave, right? When the stone was rolled over the, uh, over the mouth of the cave, that was his grave. You know, that time. And if you remember the scripture, I might as well fill it in right now, just a little bit here. They had a hurry to get him in the grave before the sun went down. Because when the sun went down, that was the high Sabbath. That was the high Sabbath. They had a hurry to get him in the ground. So you can count from when he died on the cross to when he rose from the grave. And it's almost the same as when they hurried to get him into the ground before the sun went down to when he rose from the grave, 72 hours later. Some say he rose in the morning on some day down here. They like to write songs about that. But then, are you saying that he was put in the tomb in the morning? I know there's verses that say plainly that they had to hurry to get him in the grave. They had to be sure and get their guards. They, had to, they didn't dare have him on the, on the high day Sabbath for the Jewish people, the general public. They had a hurry. So he came from the ground when the sun went down. And the day, the next day begins when the sun goes down. It begins with night first. And then the daylight part. So when it says in the scriptures that this day was ending and this day was starting, we know exactly where that is. That's in the afternoon. Now, uh, another one, when you look at um, Matthew 28, verse 1 in the King James, it says, if you translate it from the Hebrew, it would say the end of one week and the beginning of the next week. When is that? Saturday afternoon. This week ends when the sun goes down Saturday afternoon, the seventh day, sun is going down. That's when that week ends. When does the next week start? 
Saturday afternoon when the sun goes down. No problems. <laughs> okay, so uh, these are neat things to catch and to look for those certain words or key words to find out when this was. Okay, so I'm going to start uh, first with the, uh, it's the, the Lord's Supper is an annual arrangement for us. We take it as a, uh, an annual uh, date of a birth date or a wedding anniversary or some other anniversary. Uh, they come up the same uh, uh, month, same day of the month and so on. Uh, once a year, okay, on an anniversary date, something comes up. Uh, that's what we do as well, that the Lord's Supper should be an annual uh, celebration, annual day. Now, I know we say, yes, so if you take it at a different time or, you know, uh, we'll be charitable to say that you did the Lord's Supper. Um, but that's, um, we want to be sure that we're right about that. It's once a year that really represented that date. And that you'd have to look in Corinthians for, right? And we know that the Passover of the Old Testament came up once a year. When the high priest went into the sanctuary, once a year, you know. You can look in the book of Hebrews, once a year. So that's why we do once a year. Now, last year, we had a problem. COVID had arrived and everybody's shut down, dead cold. Now what do you do? So we looked in the scriptures. We knew it a long time ago. <laughs> if something happens, if you're sick and so on, um, and you can't get there to the Passover or Lord's Supper, that they could do it a month later. Sometimes there's military problems or construction problems, a dedication of people problems, uh, and they had to do it the second month. So last year we did it the second month rather than the first month of the year. How do you know what is the first month of the year? You know, God gave that job to the Jewish people. Keeping tracks of dates and times and calendars, gave that to the Jewish people. Well, they weren't Jews yet then when, when Ruth... And uh, no, I'm getting it wrong. Uh, Esther was in Babylonian trouble situations. That's when they called them Jews because they'd come from Judah. So take your computers, look up the word Jew and find out the first time it says it in the Bible. They say the Ten Commandments were given to the Jews. No. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> It was given to all of the children of Israel. Not just to one tribe or the people that lived in Judah. There was two tribes mainly, but then all, all 12 tribes were represented there. But um, yeah, you got to look up some of those things and make sure that, that we're saying it correct. Check, check the scriptures. So uh, anniversary. Is, uh, it's very meaningful to us and we really feel like we've lost something if we miss that connection with an anniversary. And uh, in the Hebrew culture, uh, it was demanded of them to come before the Lord so many times per year, compulsory. And this was one of those times when the Passover was. It was one of the compulsory times to come before the Lord. So there's even explanations of what you could do if you couldn't get there. Uh, this and this could happen, or if you couldn't travel with your animals, this and this could happen. We've got it so easy nowadays. We fill gas on Friday and we've got enough for Sabbath, right? When we want to come for uh, evening 
uh, service, you got enough gas in the car, no problems. And you don't have to feed them afterwards. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. we don't have to go by wristwatches and so we can just go by sundown, but we know better. For our system that we live in, we need it. We need the wristwatch. There it is right there on my wrist. Everything seems to run by our wristwatch or pocket watch or, or numbers on a computer screen now. <laughs> Tell us what time of the day it is. Okay. Um, yes, yeah, so the Lord's Supper could be similar to what we'd say for the 4th of July, what happens on that date, and it's once a year, isn't it? Okay. So uh, we need to be mindful of, of watching for that. I've got other verses to do with that one, but I think I can um, carry on, which would be easier to go to that chart. Um, Nisan is their first calendar year, first month of the year, um, Abib or Nisan. And they did change the names. That's an interesting, I don't know if I brought that along today. I saw it last night, but... Um, the uh, dates of the Hebrew calendar. I had the number of the years. The moon months don't line up with 12 months out of the year for our uh, Roman calendar, I guess you could say, maybe. Um, somebody tried to divide the monthly 365 days in 12 pieces and it wasn't working. So they made some 12, some 30 days and some 31 days and 128 days and and then, uh, then that doesn't really work. You're out a quarter of a year, so every four years you throw in a, uh, a leap year and you know things get difficult. Well, the Hebrew calendar was somewhat like that. I think it was nine times a year that they had to add into the calendar. Um, so to, to get it all come out right, so your harvest time would not be moving away on you by the number of the month that you're in. So they, they had to add a month in. Well, how do you get that? Well, you go and look outside. They had three people in, in Jerusalem, one this side, one that side, one in the middle, one maybe that side, one this side, so the clouds wouldn't take away from your count. And they'd watch for when the new moon showed up. Well, there's again, my electronic background, when you're trying to aim at a station to get a bearing on that station to know where you are out in the ocean, you don't take this wide spectrum of how much signal you actually measure this side of it, where zero. It gives you a cardio effect. And you look for that cardio because it's narrow. What about the moon now? You either see it or you don't. <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> it's either light there or no light there. Because the moon comes around towards, towards the sun. Well, it's, the moon is like, if I'm looking at this and the sunlight out that window, and the moon is here. God set these up so perfect, we never see the other side of the moon. People were afraid of what they might find when they went and looked on the other side of the moon. Because <laughs> we never did see it. All of the years that they've had telescopes, they never saw the other side of the moon. That's scary. God did that. So this moon has its rotation exactly with the... the uh, I'm going to get wrong words here, maybe. It's distance from the earth and its rotation, but also its own um, rotation. Its own rotation is exactly in the line with how many times the sun goes around 
and the moon goes around and, and we move. Uh, such perfect that we never saw the other side of the moon. So in that when the moon is coming around between us and the sun, you would see a black moon because the sun is on the other side, right? Or on this side, you'd have the full sun on the moon, you get full sunlight to you. Well, over here, you might be kind of blinded by seeing or not seeing, but when that moon goes out the other side and the sunlight is on that little moon, that's the new moon. That little tiny light is the new moon. Then you're supposed to count the 14 days to get here, right? And their month, the 28 days in their month. So they would count. The first day was a Sabbath. They blew trumpets and they celebrated for the first day of the, of the month. So everybody knew when that was. So now you go to these days and um, corrected calendars. We, we need to go to the Hebrew calendar to find out when it is, when we're getting close and so on. There's some mathematical things. Uh, uh, the Catholic Church made its own math mathematical measurements. Some are using uh, a mathematical calculation as to when the sun is down or not down, visible or not visible. Um, God made it a lot easier than that. Uh, when your sunlight, when your sun goes down in the afternoon, actually, mathematically, it goes down differently than what you see with your eyes. Because the light bends over the edge of the earth as it's, as it's coming to you. It's actually bending. You can see the, the sun down longer. Don't worry about those things. If it's down, it's down. If you can't see it, you can't see it. <laughs> God made it easy. Okay? We don't need mathematics to tell us that the sun went down. And the same goes for finding the exact moment when the new moon shows up. So if you're off, even the Hebrew reading that I've been doing, uh, if they couldn't see it and they thought mathematically they could do this, but if they got 28 days in their month, they didn't want to go to 29. You sure didn't want to go to 30. So they did just declared, okay, this is the... This is the time when the new moon was. They could declare it because by the next evening, the, sun, the moon would be much higher and it was much more visible for the new moon. Anyway, so we're we getting, getting some input from Israel, which isn't really our, our latitude or longitude, right? It's going to be different. So the best we can do is God gave us a brain, right? We can use these mathematical things. We can use this vision we don't have to go out there this month and find out where the moon is. We can look at our calendars. We can look at other, other means and come up very, very accurately to where we want to be without a big process and a big, you know, oh, you, you are a day later than me or you're a day earlier than I am. Yeah, we don't need that kind of trouble. Okay, so let's uh, go to the chart. It's probably my best bet at this point. But also, I want to get uh, 1 Corinthians. Maybe I'll do that one first, since I have it on here. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. First Corinthians chapter 11. And I want uh, verse 23. Start with verse 23. 
This is Paul talking to the Corinthians. For I have received of the Lord that which also I deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night, the same is an added word, but they're, they're saying this is probably the correct way of wording that. Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When you study the verses, you realize that's true. Okay. They had to add same in here to make the sentence work and, and to be obvious to other things. But the same night. So when you look at the papers over here, you want to be able to see that too. And Jesus had the emblems with his disciples and, uh, and gave the emblems, said, do this in remembrance of me. But within the 24 hours, well, he was captured right away. Just a matter of a short time thereafter, he was captured. But in that same 24 hours, he died. Wow. Okay, so that's at the same night. It also tells us that it's important to know that it's once a year. The same time frame next year. Okay, that's the kind of idea. Uh, in which he uh, was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he break it and said unto them, Take eat, this is my body which was broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. So when we come to the Lord's Supper, we're doing it as a remembrance of Jesus Christ. After the same manner also he took the cup, which he had supped when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my, my blood. Uh, this do as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. Some say often has a meaning of many times through the year. So they say, oh, okay, we could do it every quarter. Uh, or we could do it every month. Or we could do it every time we come to church. You know what? It would fade away as in importance. It kind of disappear. Once a year, it is of special occasion. You think more seriously about it when you come to do it once a year. So often here might mean when you do it. You know, I've been 60 times now with the Lord's Supper. When I do it, okay, in my lifetime. It could be that kind. But we don't want to put on the pressure here. The most important thing here is that the bread, what kind of bread? Well, it was the first day of unleavened bread, or the first day of unleavened bread was right there at the doorstep. They had to do unleavened bread for the Passover. So we know this is unleavened bread. So that's a check mark. We, we make sure we have unleavened bread. We, we bought some of the Hebrew wafers. So we've got the unleavened bread. Then the cup, the juice. Well, they could make wine in those days. But every time, I've had a Hebrew specialist person look on this, and he says, this is fruit of the vine. He said, there's no mistake between the word wine, which is in the Bible hundreds of times. This was something different. Unfermented juice. You know, really? Well, you're not allowed yeast in the bread because yeast represents sin, right? Unleavened bread would be sinless. Jesus was sinless. Was his blood tainted with sin? No. We got the choice of wine or juice, might as well use juice. It represents a cleansed blood, a cleansed person, a human person that was without sin. 
So we don't use wine in the juice. We use fruit of the vine. And we buy it specially, watching no additives are put in. It's not a big deal. You know, it's not like, okay, everybody go down to town and see if you can buy it. <laughs> no, it's not, not that kind of a deal. It's very easy to, to get uh, unfermented juice or pure juice. Uh, sometimes the Bible calls it the pure blood of the grape. But here is uh, what, we, what we use is appropriate. So we go down to, um, I think I could go further on here too. Yes, yes, I want to go further. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, it's in verse 26, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. So that would be an important meeting to be there, remembering Christ. Verse 27, wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. This is so important, the way it's worded, where it's at and what it's pertaining to, that a person should be baptized before they take the Lord's Supper. Make their commitment to the Lord. Make sure that they're ready to meet their maker when he comes, to meet Jesus, to do it properly, uh, not unworthily. So one of the key things would be baptism. If you've been baptized, if other, you know, and the right kind of baptism, right reasons. Uh, we know baptism is uh, uh, immersion. And when they did it uh, in the scriptures, they went down into the water, baptized the person, came up out of the water. John the Baptist baptized people in the River Jordan. He didn't take a jug of water up to Jerusalem and sprinkle everybody. Okay, you got to use some of this, you know. <laughs> Okay, one, one person I heard you say, it wasn't called John the Sprinkler. He's <laughs> called John the Baptist. <laughs> okay. Um, but let a man so examine himself. That's because you don't want other people have to try to examine you and figure out whether you're worthy. That's too awkward a thing and should not be done. You need to examine yourself. Have you done what's expected of, of the Lord? So let him eat that bread and drink that cup for he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. We need to be serious discerning of the Lord's body and what it means to us and, and how we take this emblems. Uh, for this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. That means died in the grave. For if we would judge ourselves, that's a good one, isn't it? We really need to. We should not be judged for any reason by anybody. We've done it right. We're not being judged by Heavenly Father or, or anybody else because we know we've done right. By, uh, uh, but, when ye, but when we judge, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. We judge ourselves, so we're not being condemned by the world or other. Uh, Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. And during the Lord's Supper, we do. We pass out the, the emblems, and then everybody waits with the bread in their hand. And then somebody says, let's do it. And, you know, they begin eating together. And the same for the, uh, for the juice. You wait and, and take the juice. In fact, what I like to do too, this is, these are logics, but not written in the scriptures. When the 
a plate with the uh, juice on it or the, um, the bread, I like to see somebody hold it out to somebody else and that other person themselves willingly reach for the Lord Jesus. Wow, that I like that idea. When I first ran into that many years ago, I thought, that is so amazing. Nobody put it in your hand. Nobody handed it to you that you had to take it. You know, we even say stand up if you want to take the emblems. You know, and then when you go around, they just go to those with the emblems. They don't say anything about somebody that's sitting down. We don't know what the situation was. But if they reach for it and they take the Lord Jesus for themselves. Okay. Then the last verse here. And if any man hungers, let him eat at home. This is not a big meal. It's an emblems. That ye come not together unto condemnation, and the rest I will set in order when he came. So he was going to tell him some more when he got there. I want to go to one more verse here close by, chapter 10. So just turn back one page or something there. Um, chapter 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 15. Verse 15. If I find my right spot here. Um, Okay, uh, I speak as to wise men, judge ye what I, what I say. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ and the bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? It is, is what he's saying in both of those cases. We need to think about it, be serious about it. For we, uh, being uh, among our, pardon me, for we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. It's one, one Christ, one, one bread of Christ. Um, yes, it does go on further, but I'm having trouble with eyesight and lights. But here we go. Uh, but behold, Israel after the flesh are not they which eat of the sacrifice partakers of the altar. That's, that's a yes too. Um, what say I then? That the idol is anything or that which is offered to sac uh, in sacrifice to idols is anything? So he's comparing something here, asking us a question. But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils. Watch it, what somebody else is doing. You don't get involved with that. And not to God. We're doing this to Jesus and the Heavenly Father, and you know, that's different. And I would not that ye have fellowship with devils. Whoa. He says, take, take some thinking about that. Don't, don't get there. Don't go there. Ye cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. So you've got to make this decision. Am I with Jesus Christ or not? Am I taking the drink because it's Jesus Christ? Yes. You know, we, we need to make some decisions on that. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table, the bread and the juice, and the table of devils. You can't intermix the two things. You can't, can't get involved both ways. So um, are you trying to provoke God to jealousy? You better not do that. <laughs> it's the next verse. 
So those are things that we need to check up or check ourselves on. Um, okay, I've got a few more minutes yet. So let's take a look at this chart. If you've got one in hand, I, I won't read all the verses to you. I'll tell you what's, what's there and we'll go through a, a half of this, maybe a quarter of it, a third of it. Um, I'll bring this over here. The uh, first day, well, what they've actually done in this chart is you go and find out which day is the 14th of Nisan and then work your way backwards, right? And n number the days backwards. So uh, Friday was the 9th of Nisan. And uh, Jesus traveled to Bethany to be with the family there and to stay overnight with them and so on. And it says six days before. So look that one up and count these days back, realizing he was still in the traveling situation and he arrived um, at sundown at dark or whatever, because uh, you don't do much traveling in, in the dark without uh, flashlights and so on that we have in modern day. Um, Martha prepared the supper. It's, that's in John 12, verse 1 and verse 2. You'll need those two verses. That's on that chart if you've got it. Then what's happening the next day? Well, uh, it gets really awkward with other churches wanting to have the triumphant entry into the city on Sunday. And that begins to move the calendar around. You're going to lose that six days. You're going to lose this rotation to get to Wednesday, the middle of the week. Christ died in, in Daniel. It says he was going to die in the middle of the week. It had double meaning. Middle of seven and a half years. That's true, he preached three and a half years and then died. But also, whether uh, the Wednesday is the middle of the week. So you're three days and three nights, no problem, three days and three nights, <laughs> you know, uh, middle, the middle is, is pretty good there. So the triumphant entry would be on Sabbath, which make, would make sense to have a special celebration on the Sabbath. Triumphant entry into the city, and that's John 12, 12 through 15. And it says, the next day, he did this and this, and that was when they laid down the robes and the leaves and branches and so on. And Jesus had the triumphant entry into the city. And Jesus wept over Jerusalem. It says there in your reading, uh, Luke 19. You're going to do quite a bit in Luke 19 and, and uh, Matthew, Mark, you know, Luke. But this is uh, verse 41 in that chapter. And then John leaves Jesus observes the temple and returns to Bethany for the nighttime, of course. And that's in Mark 11, 11. The next day is, uh, what was important on that day? What happened? That's when he cursed the tree because he came out in the morning and he wanted something to eat and the tree had nothing on it. He said, nobody's going to eat any fruit from you the rest of, the, of your growing time. You'll never have fruit again. Uh, and that was on the morrow was when he went to get fruit from the, from the uh, fig tree. Also on that day, Jesus returns and casts out the money changers. Boy, what a story that is. So you want to read more than one verse. But uh, Jesus was very upset with them because they were selling animals that would be used for sacrifice. Well, they could sell you anything for any price because you're stuck. You're there and now's your time. You got to buy an animal and, and offer it. And... Uh, so Jesus really got upset with them. And the money in the church building being used that way, buying and, and profits being made and so on. That's in Mark 11, verse 15. 
Uh, Jesus leaves Jerusalem for the nighttime again. That's in Mark uh, 11, verse 19. On Monday, what happened? Well, they came back to the fig tree and it was all withered up. And you got a little story about that. So you know that's the next day, which would be the 12th of Nisan. And it says, in the morning. So you know exactly when he went there to get food again, and it was dried up. And, of course, you can't reverse those two days because the tree if the tree was dried up, you wouldn't expect fruit. And, you know, so you have to have those one after the other. And also be sure and read Luke 22, 11, uh, pardon me, 22, chapter 22, verse 1 through 6. And then you don't want to forget verse 7. And the next column is verse 8 through 13. And down below, I've got another one getting ready for the Passover on the 13th verse. So you, that's an important verse to read. That was the 13th when they went and got the uh, reserved, the upper room. Read about that. That's a good story as to what was going on. When did they get the upper room? And then they, uh, they went to eat the Passover. If you're reading in that uh, verse, uh, chapter 22, Luke 22, and like I say, all the way from verse uh, 1 to 6, 7, 8, 13, um, verse 15 even, watch for where they were eating the Passover. They went to get ready for the Passover and were eating the Passover. Very important to look that up and, and know what's happening there. Uh, when you start the next day, Wednesday is the middle of the week. When does that Wednesday start? The night before. Okay, so remember that when you get here on Tuesday and you're ending off what was happening on Tuesday, and then uh, the, uh, Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper in John 13, 1 through 17. What's in John that's mainly one that we use the Lord's Supper night? The foot washing. They got there to the service and there was no servant to wash their feet. And nobody stepped up to the plate and said, here, I'll do it. Jesus washed the feet. It was meant to be because that's a good lesson for us. Jesus was humble. He was willing to do it. He got down and started washing the feet. Do you remember Peter saying, you'll never do that for me? And Jesus, well, if you don't want me to, you don't, won't have any part with me. Oh, yes, okay. Wash my feet, my hands, my head. He was full-hearted. He wanted to be sure he was with Jesus and had Jesus' blessings. So the Lord's Supper is instituted there in verse 15 in Luke 22, verse 15 and 14 all the way to 22 is in that category. The Passover before I suffer. I want to keep the Passover with you before I suffer. The Passover was here. He didn't say we're changing the day. We've we got to move it back one day. We've got to move it forward one day. He just said, this is the Passover here. That's what he sent them there to prepare for. And this was night now. The sun has gone down. This is in the, in the evening. And what did they do after they had the Passover and things concluded there? There's a lot of things in there. You've got to look at the scriptures. Uh, Matthew doesn't tell much, but boy, John has a lot to say. You know, so you want to fill in those gaps. What was going on between him instituting the emblems and before they went out and prayed in the mountain? John has a lot to say about that, what's there. And then Judas, um, actually way back here on... Uh, on Sunday, Judas went and made a deal with the, uh, uh, with the authorities. 
He knew that they were looking for Jesus. That's actually in Luke 22, 1 through 6, where he made an agreement. I'll be the one that will bring him to you or point him out to you. Well, watch for Judas during the taking of the emblems. When did he leave the room? He was there. Isn't that disgusting when you think of it? He was there and he, Jesus gave him the, the bit of bread and he said, whatever you got to do, you go. Yeah, that's a sad situation. So you want to watch for that too. Was Judas there? Did he get his feet washed? Did he take the emblems? Sure enough. But then he, then he left. And uh, of course, in that night, then there's the trials and uh, the crucifixion of Jesus in the daytime. Uh, it took him a long time to go through these trials and to talk with the authorities, local authorities, and have a blessing of the federal authorities, the Romans. Um, and then there was three hours of darkness before Jesus died and was placed in the tomb uh, in Luke 23, verse 50 and 53. There you want to watch for, they put up a guard. They said, this guy is going to try to sneak out and his uh, people might come and get him, take him away and say he rose from the grave. All of this is a blessing because you've got a certainty that Jesus died. You've got a certainty that he stayed in the grave. Nobody's going to get away. They've got the guards there. And then they had to bribe the guards later. They said, we'll give you a lot of money if you won't tell your story. <laughs> All of these things are so important to prove that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was there, and that he was in that tomb. Those are really important things. I've got halfway, right? <laughs> I hope that you see my logic and reasoning as to why it's important to know this story and to watch every little piece of it. What day was it? Was it morning? Was it afternoon? Was it evening? Um, such a little bit of study for the next two weeks before the Lord's Supper. We should do it, right? Be sure and look this up. Check it out. So I'm done and lunch is ready. May God bless you.